Monday the 15th of February, you're listening to the BBL Nation podcast. I'm your host, Benji, joining me, as always, my uh, fairly average uh, co-hosts, James. Yep. Yep. That's me. Yep. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan. Can I just say, I don't like how I'm always being introduced second, Jimmy. I like to put a complaint. I'm doing it. I just do it. I just have a tendency to do things in reverse alphabetical order, Dan. Uh, That's why we're called the LBB Nation Podcast. Yeah, that's exactly why. Anyway, (laughs) thank you for listening. Um, We haven't even started the episode. Don't know why I'm thanking them for listening, but uh, keep listening because we got a lot of BBL action to recap. I think uh, across the weekend uh, there were about I think what nine games. Oh no, eight championship games. <laughs> there are a couple of trophy games throughout midweek. Why are you saying oh no? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Long <laughs> haul. Those BBL teams, they've done it again. Another <laughs> long one. Put your popcorn. Win for win for the long run here. Speak up a bit. I can hardly hear what you're saying. Okay. It's so low. Oh, no. This is my ASMR voice. Please don't. Just... Oh, I don't know which is worse. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, anytime, anytime well, Dan speaks, let's, it's a chore let's to go. listen to. Let's go. <laughs> let's hop into so, it. <laughs> right. So, first game we're going to talk about. Dan, you watched this one, Raiders versus Wolves. Raiders uh, kind of crushed the Wolves, uh, 104 to 82. Dan, talk us through what you saw in this one. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Can I just say, I don't normally complain about refs, but I'm going to complain. What do you mean? You always complain about refs. You always complain about refs. It's my New Year's resolution. Um, oh, it, wasn't yeah. really, it wasn't really. But, you know, I never complain about refs, but I'm going to now. Um, very bad, uh, but I don't think this game the scoreline reflected um, the, the performance. Um, I think it would have been, you know, I think Plymouth deserved to win, but I don't think it should have been this big of a margin. I think, uh, yeah, refs were very inconsistent, giving a lot of fouls to Wolves, which probably would have gone uh, unnoticed for the, uh, the Plymouth. But I digress. Hmm. I'm not going to digress because I'm keep talking about it. I heard you um, humming. Yeah, well, uh, Dan, you said it was. <laughs> you said it was close that the scoreline didn't reflect. But I'm about to pull up a message from you here, bro. This is painful to watch. Can we trade? <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out. Uh-huh. <laughs> didn't have to do it like that. <laughs> Well, um, that was me, by the way. Yeah, I thought you were saying I thought you were gonna. I thought you meant like you were pulling up a message from like PJ, and he was like, "We we destroyed you guys." <laughs> Sucks to you. But yeah, I, I think put, um, I wouldn't out my private text with PJ. But yeah, I think We're buddies. You don't do that to each other. I'm not buddies with him. <laughs> I digress. I picked up. Um, I think from the time that I sent that message, we certainly picked up steam. I sent that message when we were like, what was it? 
What's it was eighteen to forty at that, at that point. Twenty-two down. Um, if I could divert your attention to the two-point and three-point percentage, um, not that extreme actually at the end, but in the second quarter, um, Wolves were twenty-five percent from two and seventy-two percent from three. So, um, yeah, that that was why. Uh, if you look at the um, second quarter, oh, it wasn't that much. It was 33-27. But, um, yeah, we hit like 100 threes in the second quarter to reduce the lead. 100? Yeah, literally. Wow. I remember who it was I from. I have to say, one, uh, one observation I did make, a very good three-point shooting game all around. Uh, Wolves, 14-26, for 53%. And then the Raiders, 12 or 21 at 57%. I'd wager that's the first game this season where you got two teams um, shooting and making uh, that many three points, both being above 50%. So, yeah. Yeah. I Impressive. Bet. I would bet my house on that. However, the Wolves' uh, two-point uh, shots, 11 for 31, 35%. That is not what you want to see. Any real reason for that, Dan? Yeah, I have no idea. I think it was because <laughs> we just go. I mean, to be fair, it can be perplexing. This, you know, sometimes it just happens. I think it was just because people go on defense. I can't really remember, but um, I mean, if it was that painful to watch, I'd assume it was because uh, we missed a lot of open layups. Yeah, as in as well, in most. <laughs> no, no, you go on. I was about to. I was about to move the conversation on, but you got something more. To obviously, say. obviously, you do. Obviously, you do have to assume, having watched the game. I was just going to say, with your both. eyes. I was going to say it was both. Um, and then towards the end of the game, as we were doing so well from the three-point line, I think we started taking more difficult threes, and we missed a lot. So uh, that sucked, and that's why the percentage went down from thirty percent, which is annoying because. You know, we might have lost the game, but if we were 72% from the three, we could have been like, you know, have that to a trophy cabinet. No, we, oh. we could have been like, we shot 72% from three and we lost by 20 points. <laughs> How the yeah. hell did this happen? <laughs> we can, bro. But anyway, um, Dan, uh, so who, yeah. who, were the, who were the stand-up players in this game for yeah, either Wolves or, I guess more importantly, the Raiders, who obviously won this game by okay. 22 points? I forgot the Raiders were playing, but... What? You forgot? <laughs> the most... Diff- I wish I could have picked another co-host podcast with. <laughs> oh, I forgot that the Raiders that, 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 20, that yeah, 20-year contract was a hell <laughs> fought out in, in hindsight. I'll take it out of the termination clause. But, um, you know, just looking at the, the stats... Hamilton with 22 points. I think actually Hamilton uh, MVP candidate. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, I done. continues to put up good performances week after week, doesn't he? Um, 22 and 8 this game. Mm-hmm. I think someone said that he was the LeBron James of this league. Who said, who said that? Name of the No, I just read it on Instagram somewhere. I mean, who? It's hard to say such a thing, isn't it? You want me to find their at so we can uh, send hate them? Oh, no. If, if, you don't, if you don't know it, then don't look for it. But, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that. if we're talking about LeBron, terms of, you're thinking a versatile guy, aren't you? Who's elite, you know, most things. I would fit, yeah. think Hamilton's up there. Same with Liggins, maybe. 
I don't know. I think you're more thinking those are the two main core main to, people, as opposed to sort of uh, stature and legacy. Because um, I wouldn't go so far as to compare Ashley Hamilton to uh, LeBron in terms of achievements and you know uh, legacy. But you know, I would play similar ways. You know, both very consistent performers. I I, I guess I can see it. Also, uh, any other stand-up performance, Dan? Um, I like a bit of Martin Falconet. Uh He only got seventeen points, which isn't too bad. Three assists. What I like, what I like about Bagnet is his energy on defense. He only got <laughs> the stats. Don't tell the story. He got he got one steal, but he got many. I'm going to make my own stat here. He got many half steals, where he nearly yeah, got yes. a steal. He like nearly got a steal. Um. You know, like it's like I could have stole it, but I did. <laughs> I let you have it. I'm Watch like, it, honey. There were many times when uh, we were backing down on uh, JW Jordan Williams and uh, Boutnet just came possessed. And he just double teamed pretty quickly, and you know, got that half steal. Um, very half exciting steal. to watch. Do you mean he, he knocked the ball loose? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so Plymouth got it, came back up with it again, but. Well, Dan, you mentioned Jordan Williams. Um, can't help but look at his stat line for this game. A very uncharacteristic two points. Uh, what was the main problem for him? Was he just were they shutting him down inside? Was he just not really getting the ball that much? I don't think he got the ball that much. I can't. I mean, he had uh, well, he's one for six from two points. Um, but his two points are never really that easy. You know, he's he's got that. Um, the baby, the baby hook, um, which isn't you know, it's not as simple as like a layup. And I think Plymouth, well, most teams in the league know that now. Very famous for his uh, baby hook, so I think teams know how to yeah. defend well. Um, especially Hamilton, Hamilton, they're doing a very good job. Yeah, at, uh, yeah. and I mean, a Cherry Oberyn and Prince eBay are among the best interior defenders in the league. I would, I would argue. So I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable if you're going to have a bad night inside against any team. It's this team. I'm two blocks each for the two blocks each for those two. Obviously, that doesn't tell the full story, but it can give you a sort of an idea of how they are able to, you know, keep Jordan Williams at bay, as many teams have not been able to do this season. Just looking at the stats here, uh, McGill also having a really good game. Uh, Ricky McGill, um, 22 points uh, and eight assists for him. See anything special? From him there, Dan, or was it just one of those quiet performances where he just happens to pick up, you know, a large amount of points at the end of the game? This was the first game that I'd heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting that. I wasn't expecting that to be what you said, but to be honest, looking back, I probably should have. Yeah, I probably should have. <laughs> that's just what they, that's what they're known I for, you know. I expect nothing more from that. <laughs> PJ is very good at um, taking players that I've never heard of and just making them play well. He's like he's like a clock. Same um, with Morcel, although I have heard of Morcel. But um, you know these these players. Very good, Dan. <laughs> I think it was um, a... players that I, the BBL expert, have never. <laughs> yeah, we were considering we were considering retiring the BBL name game, but I think we might just have to keep going just until <laughs> until Dan learns a few. <laughs> We should just do next week what we should do. We have we've actually uh, we're going to give the BBR name game a rest for this week. Uh, you know, maybe we'll bring it back sometime in the future. But maybe next week we should just do um, 
we can do it with Dan, but with current all current BBL players <laughs> and see how many he can, he can identify. Yes, I would love that. Yes, yes. Um, McGill, definitely not one of the fashion players like eBay and Hamilton. But wait, twenty-two points. It was one by twenty-six. So you know, you could have just completely taken him out of the game when it even mattered. So. Uh... <laughs> Disappointing performance. Listen, I've never considered fake looking at it like that. Thank you for that expert analysis. But what about those eight assists, Dan? What they, about the eight assists? They won by twenty-two points. What about those eight assists, Dan? And the re- and the stuff created by the rebounds. And if there were only four players on the court for the Raiders, they would have had a hard time defending as well. No, that's made up. Yeah, twenty-two points. Okay. Isn't, isn't all it? Seems I, guess like. they, I guess they would have lost without him because they only won by 22 points. Actually, no, we would have went into overtime and beat them there. And then who knows? With no Ricky McGill. Well, thank you, Dan, for your <laughs> just flawless analysis. <laughs> uh, but however, uh, we will be moving straight on. Actually, we should probably uh, remark about where this puts the Raiders. They're currently in that fourth spot, sitting at 8-8, eight eight, having played the most games of anyone by... Uh, Three, so they're three games up yeah. on everyone else. I mean, whoever is yeah. scheduling it, I'm, I'm, uh, they must hate the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, like the Raiders well, played absolutely massive games. Um, I'm guessing it's just because of COVID, uh, the, the fact that we have these big discrepancies in number of games. But yeah, for the moment, Raiders fans currently in fourth place, eight eight record, which is yeah. You know, I mean, if you're a Ra- if you're a Raiders fan, you, uh, you know, someone told you you'd be eight and eight at this point in the season. I think you'd be pretty happy with that, especially considering when you look at the top three teams. There's you know, no one's going to be able to catch those guys now, unless they go on a you know catastrophic losing streak. So I think the Raiders are pretty well pretty well poised to um, contend for this fourth spot going into the latter stages of the season. But we will be moving along to another Wolves game, which team do you think we support? Wolves versus the Scorchers. James, you watched this one. Very tight game. Yeah. Wolves just just come out on top, 77-75. Talk us through this one, what you saw, who you saw it from. Yeah. Um, I mean, despite being the second biggest Wolves homer in the world, second to Dan only, um, uh, this is, I think, the first time I've watched the Wolves this season. You know, that's the life of a BBL Nation podcaster. You know, it's not all glamour. But... Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, good game. Like, sorry, I'm thinking. You know, I want to be watching sorry more recently, and uh, as as this season goes on, because um, they seem to be producing some exciting performances recently. Um, I mean, two years ago, you'd have thought Wolf Surrey, unexciting, bottom of the table clash. You know, do you really want to be there? This is nothing like these that. The, these were the two oh. teams who were like, uh, you know, three and twenty-one or something. Whatever the ridiculous records were. If you avert your attention to two seasons ago, this team's got the uh, highest-scoring EBL game. Oh, yeah, 150... and you are, in fact. That's right. That was, right. The best yeah. was it 150, 148? 152. Like oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And we didn't go to that one. That was one of the few games we missed that season. <laughs> yeah, That's very unfortunate. We lost the game. Edge definitely would have missed his train, as is always. <laughs> That's always the problem, isn't I think it? That but, one, um, that one might have gone until like midnight or something. 
crazy quadruple overtime yeah, yeah. anyway back onto this game distracting what, yeah. What was the story? yeah similar to similar to last game i was talking about with surrey Cal, uh, when they played the Cavs in the trophy uh they got off to a slow start and wolves basically you know ran the floor and just sort of rushed in points and uh got some steals right from the start and they went up like eight points i think within a, a few minutes a couple of minutes or so yeah uh so uh yeah rough start but sorry similar to that game Shot a few, shot a few frees, two in a row, and uh, got right back into it. I said, in this Wolf starting lineup because um, it was Kimball, Parks Jr., Barknek, Williams, and Anderson, which is essentially like playing um, two two post players and two and three guards, and not and not having the kind of they didn't have the kind Stretch. of athletic forwards that um, yeah. that uh, teams like Eagles and Lions have with guys like Gordon and. Uh, Orlando, um, um, but yeah, sorry, you got right back into it, and um, I thought players to really players to uh, really highlight would be from the Wolf side, uh, George W, Jordan Williams didn't play well the, the game before, like we were just talking about, but um, yeah. definitely got back to speed this game. I think I think he's, his game has evolved slightly because I mean, before he was very much a post player. But um, I think his his shots improved, and he's got some simple but quite effective handles to break out on the on the perimeter. And I think it's really brought his game up a step. It really makes the defenders have to respect him, yeah, on the perimeter more than they used to. So he's you know he's he's quite a skillful player getting in getting in, and uh, I think you know he's getting better and better at that. And the the numbers this season are showing that. Um, on the other side. You gotta you gotta point out um Ryan Richards. Obviously a bit of a vet. Um but the problem was Rickman, you know, normally a starting centre for, for for sort of scorchers, but um he got into foul trouble quite early and that paved the way for Ryan Richards to play, play quite a lot. Right. Um and he really he really made good use out of it. Um played well inside. He he used the mismatches when he was Guarded by guys like um, McSwiggin, who were smaller than him, and um, as well as that, he made he made his shots on the perimeter. Let me see what what was his three point percentage because it seemed like he, should, he made a ball. Okay, two for five. That is wrong. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but I do want to ask you something quickly. Uh, so Rickman played eleven minutes, sort of had three uh, three fouls, uh, which is not really that close. So was it kind of a situation where you start with Rickman? And then uh, he gets into foul trouble. You bring in, bring in Richards. He starts playing really well, and you think, "Oh, let's just—I mean, let's go with the hot hand in this situation." That that could very much be a possibility because he he was playing very well throughout the whole game, like consistently, consistently, and he was the sort of sharp leader I think they needed because guys like Teo and um, Macklemore weren't playing at their best. You know, because they have high standards, those guys. But um, Pritchard's played quite well, and I, I, there could be more to it than that, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that that could easily have been it. And I got to, you got to give credit to Rough Topolos and the coaching team because um, when they went behind early on, they very they they took a timeout, and immediately after they they got right back into the game. They stopped all the transition offense that Wolves were playing, and uh, the, the the Wolves were having great success with. They made it very stifling, and they forced them to play a slower, perimeter-based half-court game. And uh, actually, to be honest, I think that was a weakness of the Wolves because um, 
they did not perform well uh, throughout most of the game doing that because of the uh, Scorchers' defense. It's interesting. It was somewhat uncoordinated at times. I noticed the perimeter and the half-court play from the Wolves. Some cuts that were a little dodgy, half in, half out. Weird, um, weird rotation uh, and filling out. But um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe with time, it'll get better. Yeah, you said, you said he's got these new American recruits, maybe a bit of you know, growing pains in terms of learning the system and learning the plays and sort of gelling together as a team. Yeah. I'd like to highlight um, two of the new American Wolves recruits, Lamar Kimball and Brandon Anderson. Like, I think those guys are quite impressive because they played, well, they played pick and roll quite well, but also they managed to get space for a shot very easily, I found. Like mm. Brandon Anderson, well, we'll get to that later. But uh, <laughs> he he was really the star of the fourth quarter. But um, Lamar Kimball as well. They were both very good at getting to their spots. But um, Lamar Kimball, he, he likes his flutter, but it really was not successful this game. I think that's the only reason why he only got nine points because he was getting good looks and unfortunately not making them on today. But hopefully better better next time. Yeah. Um. So you uh, you alluded to this um, Brandy Andy's fourth quarter dominance. You want to you want to speak on that a little bit? Okay, so fourth quarter got the situation where Surrey had gone ahead, and um, basically they had actually got into a situation where Surrey had fouled the Wolves quite a lot, and they were into the bonus. Mm. They were into the penalty. Uh, the, the Scorchers were, and I think that that really put them into a big problem because. I think you got to highlight Brandon Anderson. Uh, at the end of the game, Wolves behind. Um, Brandon Anderson scored 14 or 13 straight points. It was very slow, 13 straight points, because so many of them were free throws from um, you know blocking fouls, offensive fouls. Um, yeah, I mean, some are shooting fouls. Um, but it's, it's unfortunate, because some of those calls, you know, where like you know you could have seen them gone the other way and i think it's such a close game when you're when you're in the in the bonus and and any foul gets a penalty gets gets free for us for the other team it is you could see a scorchers fans being slightly upset with how that the unlu- they were unlucky there but at the same time you know some of their players weren't so disciplined in in that um mm-hmm. What else oh, was like? it was 15 straight at the end for Brandon Anderson. Just checked it. 15? And, uh, wow. And yeah, you were talking about the, the fouls. The uh, the numbers really tell the story. You got 10 fouls uh, on Jordan Williams. So uh, he was fouled 10 times. Nine times, similarly, for Brandon Anderson. And uh, he ended yeah. up taking 18 free throws. Yeah, you know, making 14 of them, knocking him, knocking him down at a pretty decent, pretty decent lick for um, to secure the game for the Wolves in this one. Yeah, I think... The, the Scotches really could have won it at the end a few times, like a few times. Um, I mean, guys like Lacey James, who played very well the whole game. Uh, I'd like to highlight him as well, but uh, as well as Richards. Um, he was guarded really well by Wilkins at the end, even though Wilkins is smaller. I was quite impressed by that. And just um, because Lacey James had been, you know, getting where he wanted to in the game. But uh, I think there was a moment at the end where Cam Hill just drove, went for the layup, you know, fairly makeable layup, missed it. Uh I think Teo got the got the rebound and, and missed the put back again. Mm. So like they could have won it at that stage. 
And then right at the end, with like two seconds left, James missed a shot as well. Macy James. So, you know, sorry, fans. You'd probably be quite upset with that. But um, a lot of it was, their own, was of their own making. Yeah. Yeah. Unlucky, but but they've got the quality. I think they'll uh, those kind of performances won't occur in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we uh, just want to switch focus back to the Wolves for a second, uh, this was a very much needed win for the Wolves, in my opinion, at least. Having having dropped that game to um, Plymouth in pretty convincing fashion, uh, sitting at four and six, you know you're definitely in danger of uh, missing the playoffs when you've got teams like the Phoenix now making a run at five and seven. Giants still there at five and eight. They've been on a bit of a skid recently, but we know they've got you know loads and loads of talent. Um, you know, you're looking around at the squad if you lose this one at four and seven, and you're thinking, right, where do we go from here? But you know, now they're at five and six, you've got a couple of games in hand on some of the teams below them. You're feeling a lot more comfortable now going into your next couple of games. Is that sort of how you saw it, or am I just projecting it? Yeah, I think we'll have we'll have to see because obviously the game previous to this, Wolves did not perform well. So, mm, and yeah. particularly players that performed well, like Joe W, you know, had a bad game last game. So, I mean, if if a lot of the winning, you know, their chances of winning depends on how players, key players like that play, you know, hopefully they could find some consistency. But we'll see. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a tough league. And I think there, there are, like you said, there's multiple teams fighting for those spots that, that the Wolves will be looking at. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to see where they go from here. They are playing against the Phoenix. Uh, that's on Wednesday. Got a couple of games on Wednesday. Phoenix versus Wolves. And Riders versus Eagles will be a very interesting one to see sort of how this top three shakes out. Um but yeah, very good good win for the Wolves, albeit uh, you know, a necessary one, one that they probably would like to, you know, have be a bit more comfortable in the future. Uh, moving on though, uh, the game that I watched was a surprising result in Newcastle, Newcastle 70, the Sharks 90. Now this was a, a strange game. Um when you look at when you look at the Eagles, uh, definitely considered I think by ourselves and you know, most of the uh, BBL fans to be one of the strongest teams in the league, uh, up there with the Riders and the Lions. But um, yeah, they take a bit of a beating at the hands of the Sharks in this one. Uh, that was my Jamie. Not really. What was that? Sorry. That was my Jamie Carragher. Ooh. You mean what? Ooh. You mean? Uh, Ooh. That Gary? <laughs> no, Gary Neville does a similar thing, doesn't he? Um, oh. oh, you are right. Um, <laughs> but that, that, more research needed. That was my reaction to the scoreline. I'm sure Benji will cover. Well, <laughs> that, what Dan's reaction to the scoreline? <laughs> yeah. And if, we, if we look at the way that Dan really enunciates his "ooh," <laughs> yeah, this was a very surprising result. Um, before we highlight some of the sharks, because I don't think it was definitely more of a team effort from the sharks. You haven't really got one player who. Yeah, played particularly. You had players that obviously had good performances, but no one player that you can point to and say that was the reason they won this game. It was definitely more the Eagles. Um, really, just a failure by the Eagles in this one. Uh, Want to pick out a couple of guys, especially Ramon Fletcher. Very uncharacteristic performance by him. Eight points only, um, only five assists and uh, nine turnovers. Very uncharacteristic. Cortez only picking up six points in this one. Gordon. Five points, only one rebound. 
the only shining spot for them, or a couple of shining spots, were Evan Maxwell and Darius Defoe. Would you believe it? Um, 18 and 17 points for Defoe and Maxwell, respectively, as well as, as uh, cleaning up on the boards with uh, five and nine rebounds. Yeah, it is interesting yeah. about the rebounds, because then... Um... Because Eagles out out rebounded them forty two to thirty six, which is interesting. You wouldn't, well, you'd not expect that with such a big loss. Like something's really going wrong there. Yeah, it is a, it was a a difficult one to watch for an Eagles fan. It just seemed like, um, I think it was a combination of the Sharks playing very good defense, and the Eagles just really looked out of rhythm. You know, there were times that they didn't really look like look very organized on the offense. Um, they couldn't really get their transition offense going with, uh, you know, with Fletcher bringing it up and just finding a really good pass to, you know, either Cortez or Gordon running the floor. And um, the Sharks would always just get back uh, in, a, in a really quick fashion to just, you know, stop that and make the, uh, you know, force Eagles to play half court, um, which really worked out well for them. The Eagles couldn't get anything going. Um, first quarter was fairly close, but then... Um, Towards the end of the second quarter and uh, at the start of the second half, I think there was something like a like an eight-minute stretch where the Eagles scored no points. Um, Sharks went on something like a fifteen to overrun, and from there the game was game was just over. Um, yeah, uh, just a really tough one to watch if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, you know, a lot of turnovers by Ramon, very uncharacteristic. Obviously, he's one of my favourite players, so it was a it was a sad day to watch him. You know, constantly get pickpocketed and uh, you know, throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, a couple of players I want to highlight on the Sharks side, especially for their defence. Mike Tuck. I don't know, he's not going to show up much on the scoreboard with 12 points and 4 rebounds, but uh, he was just a, an absolute hound on the defence, as well as uh, Rotinho also helping with just collapsing inside and not letting them, not letting the Eagles get um, a decent shot attempt off at all. Uh, who else was there? Helmsley had a good. Hemsley had a good game on the uh, offensive side. Thirteen points, six rebounds, five assists, and then uh, Nicholas Lewis had a pretty uh, well-rounded game with six points, six rebounds, and eight assists. But yeah, just a really solid team performance by the Sharks, and they really just uh, yeah, threw the Eagles off their game and capitalised on their weaknesses. Talking about where this leaves us in the league, right, gone down, Jimmy. I mean. Ben, I was just going to ask if this was the beginning of the end. The Eagles. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. Well, um, the Eagles did uh, have another game this weekend. They played yesterday, I think it was, against the Flies, and they won that one. So, um, and they looked, they looked, uh, you know, a bit back to their old selves in that one. Uh, just uh, taking a look at the player performances. Uh, Ramon Fletcher, twenty-five points. You know, really coming out with a vengeance. In that one, excited to prove the haters wrong as he does time and time again, especially Dan. Uh, has... Dan, do you want to say your thing? Mm. Say your thing that you say every single episode. He's passed it. He's passed it. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you for your excellent input. But no, I don't think this is the end, uh, the beginning of the end for the Eagles, as you <laughs> put it. But um, no, this is it's definitely a sign that you know the, these. Uh, the Eagles, and I think uh, on a more broad note, these top three teams—they're not um, unflappable. They're not Mid- immortal. 
you know they they bleed you can you can take games off them uh if you just play you know if you strategize properly if you you, know, you get in the lab do the research and you execute your game plan um very encouraging for the sharks i think more than uh, worrying for the eagles as they now sit in fifth position at seven and six uh the uh, the team ahead of them in fourth place is the raiders who have played three more games and are currently at eight and eight so if the Sharks were to win, you know, two of their next three games, they could um, pretty easily move move above the Raiders and into that fourth position, which I think is very exciting for Sharks fans. Obviously, we took we talk about the Sharks a lot as a team that's sort of, you know, the mid table uh, stalwarts. You know, they're constantly just, you know, in those lower four seeds of the playoffs. So mm. potentially, you know, maybe the opportunity for them to uh, to move up into the the upper echelon of teams in the BBL. Um, and I like the team they've got. They haven't particularly got, you know, a real star player on their roster, but they've just got a lot of, you know, very solid players. Um, you know, some veterans in there. Obviously, Mike Tuck stands out. Uh, but yeah, enjoying watching the Sharks team. Hope to see more from them in the future. Any other comments, guys, before I move on to the rest of the games? Yeah, I, I have a comment. Yeah, <laughs> you, you finished that like it was an email. <laughs> Enjoyed exactly. watching this Sharks team. Hope to see more in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that is my only comment. Okay. Thank you for your constructive comment. Dan, anything to add? My comment is Schmike Schmuck. Mike Schmuck, thank you for your very <laughs> informative I, I, comment. Uh, Mike Tuck, if you're if you're listening, what do you have to say to this guy? <laughs> Do you have anything to clap back to Dan with? Schmike Schmuck. (laughs) Schmanuel. I wouldn't have it. Right, well, those are the games that we watched. Uh, Just going to run through the other scores around the BBL this week. Uh, I'll go through the trophy games. Uh, In the trophy on the 10th of February, I believe that was a Wednesday. Uh, Yeah, sounds like a Wednesday. You got the Wolves taking down the Giants 102 to 96. Very high scoring game. Um, Brandy Andy putting up 24. Bow connect 23. And then on the other side, Jordan William putting up 25. But not enough to take his team to the W as the Wolves advance. Giants knocked out in the first round. Bit disappointing for them as they continue their losing streak. Uh, the next day, on the 11th, you have the, another trophy game. Lions take down the Riders 76 to 71. Lions. Move on to the next round of riders. You know, a bit tough to get the Lions in the first round if you're the riders. I mean, it's never nice having one of these teams going out early in the tournament, but, you know, it's the way it goes with that random draw. Uh, notable performances in that one. DeAndre Liggins, 13 points, 12 assists, probably the standout in that one, other than, uh, you know, Willie on the other side, William Lee, 15 points, 10 rebounds, and uh, Nelson Henry picking up 14 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, what else did we have? Eagles Sharks spoke about that one. Wolves Raiders, we talked about that. Flyers versus Phoenix. Phoenix edge out. Flyers 71 to 69. Very nice performance from them. Oh, this was the this was the um no, we should probably talk about this. This was the uh the very tight game. It comes down to the wire. I think Bristol are down by two. Um let me get the play by play just to Yes. No. So they're um they're down by two. Uh and then Mockford hits a crazy three-pointer with uh, with 10 seconds to go to put them up by one. Uh, 
And then the Phoenix, I think, take a timeout inbound. And uh, Michael McCall just hits a just like a, a banner. You, uh, I shared it with you. You commented on it. It's just this crazy, like a uh, double clutch shot uh, with like two defenders yeah. on him, and he somehow puts it down for the win. That was a crazy one to see. Yeah, I think you know that's the Mac, the Mac attack, return of the Mac. Oh, uh, and then also I threw I threw uh, the alley oop. <laughs> you threw the, so. Return you could call it Return of the Mac, or you could say um he McCalled game, <laughs> which is another one I came up with. Oh you could. Hey, oh, 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 oh. Pretty good. He dropped the mic. Oh, he dropped the, the mic, yeah. Dan, have you got one? No. I was no, you haven't, of course you don't. You know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, just just when I when I tell you it's time for why would you say that, you just yeah, start paying attention again, okay? Yeah, okay. But no, I need to say, um, I didn't realize NBA was now playing with Phoenix. You're not paying yeah. attention to the... Sorry, are we not mentioning that on the podcast? He he did sign for the Phoenix. He did. Oh, okay. Never mind. He's, well, he's I don't remember. Yeah, that's NBA why I'm that. He's off Twitter. Well, if, if we didn't say that, then he did. No one like got on the doll, as Dan said. Very nice, very. <laughs> no longer on the doll, uh, but yeah, crazy game in that one. Check that out if you haven't, and if you have time, unlike us. <laughs> uh, also had in the championship the Giants losing to the Scorchers as they uh, just continued to fall further and further down the table. Uh, who were the big performers in this one? Hicks twenty points, Cam Hildreth seventeen points. Uh, and then on the other side, Marshall Johnson, 18 points. Breon Brady, 18 points. Uh, really missing uh, Lyle Hexham, I suppose, at this point. Uh, really need to you know, start really? stepping it up or they could find themselves not even making the playoffs, which was you know, out of the question a couple of couple of weeks ago. Moving on, though, Raiders versus Lions. Lions take the game against the Raiders, 87-70. Pretty uh, expected scoreline in that one with um, Dirk Williams and... DeAndre Ligon's putting up 50 points between them. Ooh, that's a lot of points, 25 each for the uh, for the two-headed monster of the Lions. God, they, they, let, they let them play a two-headed monster? They let them play a two-headed monster. It was, that's got to be against the rules. Wild. <laughs> They're wild indeed. Is this, there are, <laughs> ain't no rules to say the two-headed monster can play. <laughs> <laughs> like that scene from Edward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving, moving on. Uh, Sharks versus Riders. Riders beat the Sharks in a pretty high-scoring game, one hundred seven to ninety-three. Nelson Henry putting up twenty-three points, and on the other side, Lillard, twenty-three. Is it Lillard or is it Lillard? Yeah, I keep, I keep hearing both. I think, the thing is, I prefer Lillard. Because every time I hear Lillard, I think you know, Damian Lillard from the from the Trailblazers. So I'm going to stick with Lillard. Um, if you are watching, Mr. Lillard, and it's not how you say your name, please do not hesitate to get in contact. Um, yeah. Or don't. You know, it's your prerogative. Or tweet us. Give us the exposure. Tweet us. Where can they... Dan, where can they tweet us? Ah, tweet us at BBL Official. 
Don't even know the Twitter handle. No. <laughs> At BBL Nation One. Yeah, Danny, give it away now. We run the BBL. <laughs> we are the chair. Um, it's uh, and then finally wrapping up it, these fixtures, Dan. I'm going to stop you talking. No, actually, Dan. Yeah, you know, what were you going to say? What very important and constructive thing were you going to add to this podcast? Change the Twitter handle to Big Bash League. Thank you very much, Dan, <laughs> for that one comment in the last twenty minutes. Oh, no, it's ended. It's anyway, the final game. Wait, suspended? Big Bash League? Yeah. They got... Why? Why is it suspended? <laughs> because it's not a sport. Yeah. Is it cricket? Yeah. Cricket's not a sport. <laughs> but anyway, okay. the final fixture of this weekend was the Phoenix versus the Rocks in trophy action. Rocks beat the Phoenix. A uh, little bit of an upset there. Would have expected yeah. the Phoenix to take this one, considering the Rocks have been in the Rocks been of late. Yeah, but uh, a good win for them. Obviously, I think they would have preferred it to come in the uh, in the championship instead of the trophy. But uh, it's something to build on potentially. Keeling was a good, nice double double nineteen and ten for him. Jimbo Lull on the other side, twenty and twelve, and that's it. That's all the uh, that's all the basketball that happened over the weekend. We'll just go ahead and have a look at the table to finish off the basketball section of this episode at the top. You've got the Riders at eleven and one, then you've got the Eagles ten and three, Lions nine and two. That's the one, two, three, and fourth. Obviously, we talked about them already. The Raiders at eight and eight, then the Sharks at seven and six, Wolves at five and six, then the Phoenix at five and seven, Giants at five and eight. Then finally, the bottom three. You got the Flyers at four and nine, Scorchers at three and eight, and Rocks in a tough position down at two and eleven in the last last spot of the table. That's the basketball section done. Now I think we're going to resurrect a phoenix from the ashes and do a little why would you say that? So James, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about this ever since, I mean, you mentioned it. Um, it's sort of played my mind for a bit. Yeah, uh, I heard you say that Henry Wilkins, Wolves forward, only has the second best Victorian moustache in the league. Why? Why would you say that? Well, uh, here's the thing. I can't. I was uh, was a bit sort of tired when I when I said that, and I'm sure that I added who the first best Victorian. Must I'm be. sure you did. Could you, uh, you help me recall that? Can you help me? Uh, no, because my my memory's a bit foggy as well. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> well, there must have been a reason. <laughs> and unfortunately, I can't argue in my case if I don't know. Who has the best Victorian moustache? Well, well, then it must be a weak, a weak case. Surely Henry Wilkins does have the best one. I'm not sure. I think you know. There's just uh, you know how you say you know you you want to give something you know, ten out of ten, but you think no because there's always something you know. There's always room for improvement. So I think that's the reason why I've given him the second best because I think I'm not ready to. You know, I haven't seen all the Victorian mustaches in the BBL, and I'm not quite ready to give him the mantle of first in the league. So, you know, he's he's warming up that second spot, but maybe once I really, you know, go in depth on every single player in the BBLs, Victorian facial hair, I can then feel, you know, safe and sound in the in the knowledge that I've made my judgment correctly. 
But thank you for bringing it up, James. We've got to be we've got to be data driven in our in our approach these days. I think exactly. It's the only way. Exactly. Yeah. Dan, you also have a why. Would you say that for us? I do. Would you like to share it? Me. Me. Anyway, Jimmy and I were speaking yesterday. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. He told me. In. So, following his 2010 World Cup goal, Jermaine Defoe, well, you know where this is going now, Jermaine Defoe, knowing that that was the peak of his career, went into exile, yep. changed his name to Darius, and then signed for the Eagles. Oh! Ooh! <laughs> so, this is this, this, <laughs> a conspiracy theory that um, I've, been, I've subscribed to for a long time because um, Jermaine Defoe. Aka Darius lives in Newcastle, works in Sunderland and Newcastle. Obviously, prime athlete. Um, everybody knows, you know, he worked at Sunderland while also being a professional basketball player. It adds up to the conspiracy that Lascelles, the two Lascelles brothers, played for both the Eagles and Newcastle United FC. You know, yeah. fun fact. I think they were in on it, I've got to say. Ooh. I don't have evidence to back that up, but I think they had to be. Um, and be I think league, it, right? Yeah, I think I think it's got to be. And um, like I said, I think when when in 2016, Jermaine Defoe scored 15 goals in the league to keep Sunderland up, maybe it was 10. I think it was 15. <laughs> um, he was also at the height of his powers as his... Darius alter ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Darius probably at the height of his powers at that stage. You know, I think that was that was the athletic prime for this mysterious Defoe character, if we can even call him that. That could be a fake name as well. Yeah, if that is your real name. I think if the police aren't investigating that, this I think they should, because along with things like quicksand and the Bermuda Triangle. This is among the biggest threats of the human race. Yes, quick. <laughs> face, currently. Okay, well, thank you for that rousing speech. <laughs> What's cool it's about the Defoe conspiracy? They're coming for me. Uh, right, well, um, I guess that just about wraps up the podcast. Uh, anything else you guys would like to add? Foe. Bo, okay, thank you, James. Uh, no. Okay, no. Right, well, uh, thank you for listening all the way into the podcast. If you're still here, uh, I encourage you to go follow us on Instagram at BBL Nation Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at BBL Nation One. Uh, don't try to email us. Um, and we will see you next time. Do it.